listening to New Life the Fort, where the person of Jesus Christ and His love for you are shared. I want to encourage you, by the way, uh, you know, sometimes you feel alone. Uh, you can be in a country where there's a lot of people still feel alone, but you need to know that God is doing amazing things in Asia. Yeah. Amen. My wife and I have been entrusted with a nonprofit organization called Nations Reach, and uh, we now are reaching into six nations. Among them are mostly, of course, Philippines and Indonesia, but also Sri Lanka, Cambodia, Thailand, uh, India. And uh, I can tell you that God is moving in every one of these nations. Hallelujah. I don't know why. I, maybe because I was uh, born and not born, but raised, practically born in Indonesia, raised in Indonesia. But my love for Asia is off the charts. I, I just believe the first people to go to heaven are going to flow from Asia, you know. And uh, not that I don't love the Africa side. I just haven't been there that much. And uh, I'm I just so excited when I come and able to share with you what God is doing. Uh, in Sri Lanka, for instance, this last year, as you know, Sri Lanka had uh, a series, uh, actually about 20-some years of civil war, and we were unable to reach in the interior. And uh, this last year, we had a seminar for the first time in the central part of Sri Lanka and gathered together 50 to 60 pastors and their wives. And I can tell you there's church planting going on in Thailand. Uh, the, the, the Nexus Church is doing awesome uh, about five to 600 people in the last three years that church was started, almost all of them young professional, on fire, worshiping like you worship. I'm telling you, they're planting churches all over Thailand, and they have a strategy to cover their land with the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, the same is in Cambodia and Indonesia. Uh, Lavon would be here with me, except we've been on trips back to back. So she's hanging out with my grandchildren and uh, my children. Of course, you know that grandchildren seem to be extra special. And so uh, that's, that's where she's at right now. And I'm on my way to Davao, where we'll be having another uh, pastor's conference with Faith Tabernacle Pastors. <clears throat> we'll be going down with Pastor Edwin and Millette. And then also uh, my son's father-in-law will be taking his first trip to the Philippines and teaching down there. And so, you know what? I'm just glad that Jesus is on the throne. Amen. Amen. And so he's got a plan for your life as well. I want to encourage you just with a short video. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, ready or not, but uh, just recently, Lavon and I brought our 86-year-old mother, and uh, she's still preaching and teaching. And uh, we brought her to Indonesia, but not just Indonesia, up in the Irian Jaya, which is part of Papua New Guinea. Now, in that region, there's the Balin Valley. If you if you'll look that up in the map, you'll find the Balin Valley really has only been introduced to the gospel since about the early 1950s. Before that, they were just known cannibals, uh, unreached people. Now, just in our fellowship alone, we have 31 churches throughout that valley. However, the Dani tribes still have other tribes in the, in the mountains and in the, in the interior jungles that have not been reached at all. And our heart has always been to train up pastors in remote places 
So that's where we, we, that's our goal, that's our aim, that's our task that God has given us. We come alongside pastors and we just lift up their hands, we encourage them, we, we help Bible students get trained to plant new churches. And so I want to show you some images of this last trip and we'll go ahead and turn this on for you if, if it's ready. Hallelujah. can just turn the volume. That's just a down just a little bit. That's fine. This says, ask of the Lord and uh, I will give you the heathen as your inheritance. My mother, Carol Peterson on the left, my wife here on the right. We're taking a helicopter ride. Wamena is already 5,000 feet above sea level, but we're going interior and 2,000 feet higher on the side of a mountain. And uh, the local pastor greeted us at the airport, but this is a typical Donnie tribe home. Thank the Lord for missionary aviation. And now we're able to reach farther interior. Otherwise, it would almost be impossible for a 64-year-old American to reach, believe me. We landed on this hillside. And the, the people, you, at first you realize, where are these people coming from? Because these villages are spread out in small villages. But they, they finally arrived. And a, a good number of these people had never heard the gospel even for the first time. I cannot begin to tell you the joy of introducing people to a God who loves them. The man in the middle has come to know Jesus Christ as one of the strong intercessors. These children had no school. And our church now is in the process of building a school and a church building at the same time. You can see that the landscape is quite rugged. And yet, we found people with a cell phone. How, how is that? There's no signal. But my mom is just so, I'm so excited to be able to bring her. She spent her whole life. She first went to Indonesia in 1948 as a 19-year-old single missionary. And she spent her whole life investing in Indonesia. And so from the hill, we see these people gathered. And this is the chief. He now knows Jesus. From the most feared to the most loved. Come on. That's what my God can do. How about yours? Huh? In some of the villages we meet with pastors like this, and while, while the living places are very humble, but when God's people gather and build the churches, become very nice places, and yet all the pastors have needs. And they all have burdens that they carry. The pastor, the lead pastor is on the right. His wife is kneeling down. And when they gather many people together, they always cook underground with hot rocks. So whether it's the pork or the leaves of the ube tree, they all cook that underground, and while church is going on, cooking is happening. Huh? But they eat it right off of the grass. No plates, no silverware, and they just put the food right on the grass, and people will eat in family groups. This is the Bible college in Wamena that we're training these young men and women to not only be pastors, but also school teachers at the same time. And the love of these people is, is beyond description. It's, uh, uh, my heart is always moved when I'm able to go to places like this and to share the goodness of God. And there's certainly no lack of children everywhere we go. This is a theological seminary that we're sharing at in the city. 
Sometimes when you're teaching, you have to go so slow and simply to communicate. These people, you know, have just come into education. The local church there and the worship team on Sunday morning is alive and the Holy Spirit's moving. And I can tell you, this is a pastor from Java who, and his wife from Sumatra who have now come and dedicated themselves to build a church in this area. This one particular village was really moving to me because as these people gathered in such poverty and, and my mom is teaching them, I realized, you know, that people have needs everywhere you go in the world. And uh, it is only Jesus Christ that can really satisfy and bring an answer to the desire of the heart. And that's why there's hope, <laughs> okay? There's hope when you preach the good news of Jesus Christ. There's not one string on this guitar. But look at the joy of the Lord. Come on. When God transforms a life, it's, uh, you have to humble yourself to get into their homes. And again, Levon's being translated by the local pastor. And we dedicated his house. Let me tell you how you get here. You get to the city of Wamena and you have to walk 13 hours straight up the mountain. That's why we took the helicopter. Every brick, every sack of cement, every piece of roofing had to be carried by hand. And to bring my mom there, they carried an American toilet. That's dedication, let me tell you. She's had two knee operations and she cannot squat the old way. So we have special facilities even in the mountains. All right. They love their children and... uh, we see this is the next generation that God is raising up. They were amazed mom could make the trip. Before they're saved, it's very familiar to find these men and women in the jungles like this. But when they're saved, like this chief in another village, he's come to know Jesus Christ. These are purses. These are the Donny tribe purses. You can actually put a pig inside of that and carry it if you're strong enough. Huh? Worship service, Sister Mariotti was our Bible school student, graduate from North Sumatra Bible College. And yet everybody has the same needs, and they cry out to Jesus, and they have those needs met. And so I just want to encourage you, these last few frames, just a reminder that, you know, wherever you are in the world today, the whole point is the good news has to reach everybody. Okay, and so would you pray with us that as we see this woman here is being ministered to, that God would meet the need of not only the Dani tribe, but also God will reach the other nations. Now listen, I want to encourage you. There's a tsunami wave of God's Holy Spirit in Asia. And you need to catch that wave. You need to believe God for the impossible. Okay? This is the day of miracles. This is the day of breakthrough. This is the day when you need to know who's on the throne. He's not only God, he's a man. Amen. He's a man. He knows what you feel like. He knows and understands your, your situation. And he's able to respond. Now, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles today to Psalms 61. Let's turn together for a few moments. And I'm going to ask us to look into Psalms 61 verses. Uh, actually, we'll start in verse 1 and read down through uh, verse 5. Okay, Psalms 61. I have an encouraging word for you today, 
And, um, and my, my, if I were going to give a title to this message today, is that there's an awesome place to find help. An awesome place to find help. Now, I'm going to take you to the Old Testament first, and then I'm going to take you to the New Testament. We'll go into Hebrews chapter 4. Okay? But if you turn first to Psalm 61, and uh, you'll see this is a, a Psalm of David. He says in verse 1, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. Notice how personal this is. He's crying out to God, and he has a prayer. But he says, Lord, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you. Do you remember that church that, on that mountainside I just showed you? I was in front of those pastors, and I said to them, where do you suppose the end of the earth is? And without even blinking an eye, all of them said, right here. <laughs> that's, what, that's their perception. They felt like they were at the very edge and the fringe of the world. Well, David says, from the end of the earth, I'll cry out to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher. Everybody say higher. He's higher. The place of help that you, that you can access today is higher than you are. Okay? And let me tell you something. I believe today the Holy Spirit is coming, and he's putting his hand right under your chin, and he's lifting your countenance up. Come on. Let, let the Holy Spirit lift your countenance up. David says, Lord, you lift my head up above my enemies. Because circumstances will often overwhelm you, but this presence of God will cause your countenance to look up because that is where your help comes from. Okay? So notice how David continues this prayer. He has a revelation in this part of, of Scripture, even in the Old Testament. He says, For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Now, I want to start out with a question. How many of you have ever been in a circumstance when all of a sudden you needed help right now? Anybody? In the Philippines, let me ask you, what do you do if you're in an emergency? What, what's your first response? Who do you call? Come on. Who do you call? Now, in, in America, we're trained from the time we're just little kids. Okay? 911. Is it the same here? No. Okay. Okay, there's other ways of help. Okay. So, in America, if I dial 911... Normally, within five minutes, I have three departments at my house. I have somebody in the ambulance who's a doctor. I'm going to have the fire department, and I have the police. Okay? But there's moments when they can't help you. There are times when even all that man has. I remember the day when, about three years ago, I was sitting in a doctor's office with my father who had spent his whole life dedicated to serving Jesus in Indonesia and the doctor looked at my dad and he says, we're going to have to do exploratory surgery in you because we believe that you're full of cancer. What do you do when you're sitting in front of a doctor and he declares you have cancer? Well, that operation turned out one day my wife, my mother, and my sister were waiting in, this, in, this wait, in the lobby for a long, long time. And out of the side of the, the hallway, the doctor came towards my mom and I knew on his face that the news was not good. 
And so when he got to my mother, he knelt down and he was very tender and he was very gracious. But he said, Mrs. Peterson, I'm so sorry. There's nothing we can do. Nothing we can do. What do you do when all resources are gone? What do you do when there's no one else that can help? The very best doctors in the world at the University of Washington could not overcome the cancer that was eating away at my father's body. Where do you go when there's no other help that's available? (laughs) That's a question. And I've got an answer for you because there is a place that we can go. Now, I'm going to take you to Hebrews because Hebrews chapter 4 is an answer for us. In verse 14 down to verse 16, Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Who is he? (laughs) Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet he's different. There's no sin in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us therefore come what? Boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. There's times in life, my friend, when you will have a circumstance and a situation where nobody else understands and no man can help. And that's when the Lord says, I have a place for you to go. And I'm here to remind you today that there is a throne in heaven. Hallelujah. That there is a place that you can call on the name of Jesus and instantaneously you are transported into the throne room of God and you have access to his presence and you can call on his name and you can receive help in the time of need. You say, well, Pastor Dan, what if you keep all your spiritual disciplines going? Well, you see, my father passed away about a year later. Even though his prayer was, God, give me one more missions trip. (laughs) That's what he prayed. He could hardly walk. I said, Dad, where do you want to do? He said, I want to take one more missions trip. I said, well, where do you want to go? He said, I want to go to Sangir. You know where Sangir is? Sangir is North Celebes, just south of Mindanao. Dad, why do you want to go there? Because that's the first place I preached my first sermon in Indonesian. And while he was reading the scripture, I was sharing with Alvin this morning, while he was just reading scripture because he didn't have the Indonesian language very well, he was just reading scripture after scripture with very little commentary. But on the outside of that building was a woman, or actually she was 12 years old, still a young girl, and she's looking through the slats. But when she heard the word of God, the power of the word of God transformed her heart. And she came to know Jesus Christ. Four years before my dad passed away, we were sitting at a table in that same village. And the pastor's wife came to him and said, you know who I am? And my dad says, well, you're the pastor's wife. She said, no, no, no. I'm the 12-year-old girl that heard you preach the word of God and got saved. Let me tell you, there's power in the word of God. That when the Lord speaks, there is nothing impossible. You say, well, what if I've done all the fasting? 
Pastor, I read the Bible every day. I've been doing exactly what Pastor Josel encouraged me to do. I read the Bible faithfully. I don't miss a prayer meeting. I'm here every Sunday. I pay my tithes. I do all of these things. And yet there's times when you just need to call on the Lord. (laughs) Where does your help come from? Okay. Well, I'm going to leave with you three reasons why our great high priest is the best. Okay. Because you know what this w- word says in here? Uh, uh, you, we just read this Hebrews 4, but notice back in, in uh, well, actually Hebrews 4.14 says that we have a great high priest. He's not just a priest. Now, there's lots of priests in the world, but he is a high priest. Well, there's even a few high priests in the world, right? But he's not only a high priest, he is a great high priest. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I have a great high priest. The first reason we have help is because he is a great high priest. It says in Hebrews 4.14, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Now, if you read the context of Hebrews, you understand that the book of Hebrews is written to show the Jewish believers that Jesus is better than all of the worship of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Okay? It's a better priesthood. It's a better tabernacle. It's a better sanctuary. Everything about what Christ has done for us is better than there was in the Old Testament. Now, these people had experienced a lot of problems. They were being persecuted. They began to question. Some people were teaching them, well, if you're going to believe in Jesus Christ, you have to add all of these laws and rules and regulations, and you have to mix that together. And the writer to the Hebrews is saying, no, all you need is Jesus. He's Jesus. (laughs) Do you know what they used to accuse the Christians of? The, The Jewish believers in those days... The, the, uh, the, the Jewish uh, community would say, ha, 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 you don't have a priest. That's how they tease them. We have a priest. We can go to the synagogue. We can touch them. We can talk to them. Okay? And so they would mock the Christians, and they would say, hey, you don't have a priest. But guess what? The writer to the Hebrews is reminding them, yes, you do. And not only do you have a priest, you have a high priest that has passed through the heavens. There is no power, there is no weapon of the enemy that is formed against you that can prosper. Why? Because the priest that we come to today is able to do all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take a look what it says. You see, even every Old Testament sacrifice pointed to the fact that they still needed something better. Amen. Read this scripture, Hebrews 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Come on, aren't you glad that there's someone praying for you on heaven's throne? Okay. For such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, he's harmless, he's undefiled, he's separate from sinners, and who has become higher than the heavens. Come on. 
It's not 911. Come on. How about Jeremiah 33.3? That's better. If you call on the name of the Lord, He's going to be of, of help to you. When you call on God, God is going to hear you. There is a place. You know what makes Him so great also? Is He not only was the sacrifice for the sins of mankind, but He was the priest who officiated the sacrifice. That's amazing. Because when, when they came into the garden to take His life... Jesus had to give his life. Many times they had tried to take his life. And he says, you know, you can't take my life, but I lay my life down. And so he's the officiating priest that's offering the sacrifice, and then he becomes the sacrifice. Completely holy, without blemish, and is resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why when in this room today you call upon Him, He's able to help you. He's able to help you. So the first reason is He is a great high priest. The second reason is this. Oh, by the way, let me go back to Psalm 61 because there's something I want to share with you. David had this revelation. Way before. I want you to go back to David's, uh, a few of his statements. First of all, in verse 1, he says, God, hear my cry. Hear my cry. <laughs> you know what I like about his, his declaration here? It's not an orderly prayer. He's not folding his hands and kneeling down and having a little nice, nifty little prayer that he's memorized. He's, he's just crying out. You know what a cry is? A cry is the response of the heart in emergency. The cry is simply a heart that is crying out for help in a time of need. So what is David saying? He's saying, God, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to be still. I'm not going to wait for something to happen to me. I need help right now. So as he's crying out, you have to remember now, this is a man that had received many prophetic promises. Samuel had come into his house, and he's kind of the last forgotten one that they drag in in before Samuel. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks to Samuel and says, this is the guy, pour the oil on him. And he's anointed the king of Israel. Well, what happens in the next years? Everything goes downhill. Come on. Everything goes downhill. Nothing goes right until finally he's being chased by 3,000 of Saul's finest. And their whole program in life. Kill David. Kill David. Things aren't going so good. And sometimes when things aren't going so good, there is no 911 to call. And all you have to do is cry out. Help! Come on. It's not a pretty prayer. You didn't memorize it. Okay. There's nothing you can do. Then verse two, look what he says. He says, Lord, attend to my prayer. What does that mean? He says, it's like, it's like you're in an office and you have all of these, these, these requests and yours is at the bottom and you have to take your folder and you put it on top and you says, Lord, attention, please. I need some help right now. See, I was raised in Indonesia and in Indonesia, we have some amazing ways. Even as a foreigner, I had to learn that I had to get my immigration papers every year. And so here we are, I'm in an immigration office every year and one time I was in the city of Siantar. This is no joke. This is really what happened. And I go in early because it's Friday and at 11 o'clock they, they close because of the religious uh, affiliation there. And so they close the office. You have to get your work in early. So I go right away and my folder with all the papers to get my, my extension 
for that year was all there, and I put it in, and the, and the guy put it on the, the, the head man's desk. And as the door opened, I could see, I could see the color of my folder. I was so happy. I'm going to be out of here in about an hour. I wait for one hour. I wait for two hours. I wait for three hours, and I'm looking. The doors are going to close soon. My, my, mine's not ready. And then they opened the door, and I saw there's another problem. What's the problem? Other people had come with their folders, and their folders were all on top of my folder. I didn't understand. Well, I kind of understood, but I had forgotten. And I finally found out there was something different with the other folders. They had envelopes. How many know what I'm talking about? Some folders came in with envelopes, and envelopes had extra cash. And the extra cash folders went to the top. My folder stuck on the bottom. So if I don't get it done, I have to come back Monday, and I have to come back the next day. You see, that's what David was experiencing. He says, God, this is how desperate it is. I'm in a condition right now. I need an answer right now. Lord, attend to my prayer. I lift up this prayer to you, God. Please, please answer the cause of my life right now. He's like lifting up his folder. He says, Lord, I need an answer. Many people are praying, but when you're in a crisis, you need the answer. Another thing David says here, he says, from the end of the earth, I cry to you. (laughs) Sometimes you feel like you're in the end of the earth, like there's nothing. You feel that, you see, it's not about a location. It's about feeling far. That's why the songs today were so appropriate because you need to know that God loves you so much. He's already close to you. He's already, he's already hugging you. <laughs> I, have a, I have a special needs son. And somebody please tell me my time limit because some, I, 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 okay, all right. Well, all right. You'll let me know, okay. I have a special needs son, and it got so bad after, like, the 16th year, we had not slept through the night for 16 years because John would wake up in the middle of the night, and uh, he would have these problems, and he would waken us numerous times. And one day, he was ready to go to school on a special ed bus. And as he got on the bus, I stood in his bedroom, and I looked out the window, and I started to cry. And I said, Lord, I can't take one more day. This is too much. And, you know, as I just sat there and wept, all of a sudden, I've only had this experience two or three times in my life, but it was almost like I could physically feel someone standing next to me. And I felt this arm just reach around me, and the Lord spoke to my heart, not an audible voice, just into my spirit. He says, I'm with you today. I'm with you today. Someone in this room needs to know that God is with you right now. God's with you right now. He hasn't forsaken you. You feel far away. You feel like he doesn't love you. He's healing other people, but he's not healing me. He's answering other prayer requests, but he's not answering mine. But you need to know he's standing right beside you, and he understands your circumstance. And he's got his arm around you because he places himself near you. And then finally, David says, Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed. Here's what that means. It means to be surrounded. It means to be pushed down. And it means to be weak. Ever felt that way before? (laughs) He says, I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I can't go on. The second reason why our great high priest is is the best, because he can be approached. He can be approached. Look at Psalm 61, verse 2. Lord, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. So David is saying, God, I don't know how to get there, but I need your help even to ascend this mountain. 
I need your grace to work in my life so I can draw close and I can understand the things that you're doing in my life because there is no place of healing like your presence. In America, uh, outside of our house, I'm staying at my, my brother-in-law's home right now, and there's a little lake, and the, and the eagles come and they dive for fish in the morning. It's amazing when you're reading your Bible and praying, and then you see an eagle dive for fish. It's just awesome, you know? And so, so that's happening. And then I heard about the eagle. The eagle, when it gets sick, it does one thing. It flies to the highest place possible. If possible, even among the low clouds, it'll go higher and higher until it finds a, a rock it can lay on. And when it lays on the rock, it wants to be in the sunshine, and it will spread its wings out, and it will let the sun begin to permeate and bring health and healing and warmth to its body. And I want to tell you something. There's a secret to the presence of God. When you come into His presence, it's not about what you say. It's not about what you do. It's not about your effort. It's just about laying in His presence and resting in Him. Come on. Resting in Him. That's a word for somebody today. You've been striving. You're tired. You're weary. And today God wants you to just rest. Just rest. Look what Hebrews 10 says. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus... He just took communion. It's by his blood, by a new and a living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Hallelujah. Can you say that this morning? He's faithful? Come on. He is faithful. He is faithful to me. He who began a good work in you will accomplish and finish it and perfect it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No matter what the doctor says, no matter what the enemy says to you, he says, Lord, in verse 4, you have been a shelter for me. You have been a place where I can come and I can hide and find rest. And the very last point is this, because our great high priest is full of compassion. Compassion. I find that an interesting term, the word compassion here, because in Hebrews 4, it says he's touched by the feelings, the feelings, the feelings of my infirmity. So if, you go, if you're going through a rough place in your life right now, if you're going through a trial or you're going through a circumstance where there's no answer, there's feelings inside. And those feelings become very evident. You know, the, 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 David says, Lord, you restore my soul. The soul has to do with the mind, the will, and the ordinary emotions. How many know sometimes your emotions can get involved? Sometimes it's possible to get angry at God because you haven't seen a breakthrough right away. Come on. It's possible to get angry. It's possible to get frustrated. I had to settle that, I had to settle that right away when my son John was born because when John was born, he was born with a mental defect. We found out a year and a half later. And it would set us on a, on a, on a pathway all the way till t- today when I talked on the phone and I, I t- was able to talk to my son, John. 
the doctors gave him only a third capacity of all his life, and they gave so many roadblocks that impossible, 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 and he's broken through all of them, and yet his, his healing has not been 100% yet. For me, tropical malaria destroyed my brain. When I was four years of age in, in North uh, Sulawesi in Manado, and for three months, I was like a crazy animal. I would, I would run and hide, and there was, there was, it, was, it was horrible. The doctor said, I'll probably die, and if not, I'll be in a mental institution the rest of my life. So when I, when I saw John, we began praying. And when three months passed, I said, Lord, not fair. <laughs> I said, not fair. You heal me in three months, what's wrong? What did I do? Is there something wrong in me? And then a, a pastor came and he gave me this pro- prophetic word and it was just what I needed because Jesus once healed a person and the people wanted to know, was it, was it the sin of him or his parents? And Jesus neither, so that the glory of God might be revealed. And see, at first I started getting upset. I started getting, Lord, frustrated. Why? Why do I have to go back to America and pastor a little church of eight people to start with? And those people fell asleep, most of them. And I left Indonesia where I'm running a Bible college of 150 students and I'm evangelizing and I'm, I'm having so much fun. Why am I here? You see, frustration, emotions can get involved. But listen, he even knows your emotional need. <laughs> and if you're fearful, if you're frustrated, and you feel like God, it's not fair. He is still a just God. And this scripture says he touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Now, there's a few words I want you to listen to. The word forsaken, the word persecuted, the word darkness, or you've experienced some kind of a major loss. The Holy Spirit wants to renew to you today. He wants to renew to you. And I'm going to close with this, uh, this experience I had in South Africa. I took a team of, of interns from our internship uh, program at City Church and while in South Africa, they took me to a hospital, a hospice for AIDS, but it's a hospice of children. So they had about 150 children with the AIDS virus that all had the sentence of death on them. And after we went from class to class and we sang and we uh, worshipped and we prayed and so on, they said, I want you, uh, your team to come into this courtyard and we're going to bring some of the children because they really need touch. Nobody wants to touch them. They're afraid of touching them. And uh, so my wife and I and these kids all came in, and then they started bringing these children. And I was observing. And as I watched, I I saw my young uh, gals and guys were holding these kids. And before long, I saw some of them with tears streaming down their cheeks. I said, wow, this is amazing. And all of a sudden, I realized somebody had grabbed my leg. It was a little child had grabbed my leg. And when I looked down, I could see the eyes of this child longing to be picked up. And I reached down and I picked this child up. And as I was holding that child, and he was near to my beating heart. I'm telling you, something happened inside of me. I says, at first I says, God, it's not fair. This isn't fair. It, see, from a human perspective, I said, Lord, he didn't sin. Something happened in his, in his family life, and, and this child, without your help. Well, here's the good news. That hospice was a Christian hospice, and they were being taught the ways of the Lord, and, and, and we believe in healing, and, and we're, we believe that some of those children will be healed. If some of them aren't, we know exactly where they're going. They're going to the presence of Jesus. But when I stood there, 
Then the Lord reminded me, that's what this world is like. The world is filled with evil. The world is filled with deterioration, the power, and the effect of sin. But that means that you and I can live in this world, and we can rise above and find help in the time of need. Hallelujah. I'm going to invite everyone just to stand with me right now. I want you to stand because you may have come to the house of the Lord, and you had no idea even who was going to be here, and it really doesn't matter who's here. Because there's someone far greater who is here, and his name is Jesus. And all of us have been worshiping him today. And as we worshiped him, what we did is we exalted him. And he's the king who, who sits on the throne. And he's a king who understands every need. And he says, you know what, son and daughter, you can call on my name. You can call on me. You, there's a place you can run to. There's, a, there's an awesome place to find help. And that name is still as powerful as any name. It is the greatest name, the name Jesus. And I will never forget the day when my family, I was, I was uh, nine years old in a civil war in North Salibis had just ended. And we were going down to this port city to get supplies. We had been cut off from America for a year and no money had come. And the Lord had miraculously provided for our family. It was, it was just an amazing faith experience. And as we're traveling in this Jeep with another local pastor, my sister was only four years old, and, and another missionary lady on our left. See, so we had boarded a Jeep. On our left, about 20 meters away, automatic machine gun began to fire at us. They say that hundreds of bullets were directed to our Jeep that day. Out of all of that things that happened, I only remember one sound. It was my mother's voice. Can you imagine what she said? What did my mother say that day? All she said was, Jesus! My dad was almost flustered. He couldn't get the car going, but the Lord helped him, and we got out of there. And when we came to the Javanese, they were having a, a, a war scrimmage, and the Javanese stopped us, and they told us to get out of the car, and they checked us over. and says, anybody hurt? Not one drop of blood from anyone. There were two holes in that Jeep. On the left-hand door, underneath the seat is a, a jack. In those days, the jack was quite large. A bullet came in, hit that jack, and it bounced back out. And it left a mark in that Jeep. But my mom had called on the name. There's no time for prayer meeting. Hello? There's no time. There's no time to, to kind of get your thoughts together and remember, what did Pastor Judah preach last week? What did Pastor Josel, Pastor Mylene preach last Sunday? There's no time. It's just instantly, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How many need, how many need Jesus right now? You say, I have a need right now. Come on, lift your hand up. I have a need. I want you to call upon him. And I'm going to pray. And whatever that need is, it may be an emergency today. You may be praying and struggling for a family member with cancer. You may be praying for a child. You may be praying for a marriage relationship. You may be praying that there's a circumstance that no one else even knows about and can even help. But today, you're going to call on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he's going to answer. Why? Because he understands. He knows where you are. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our voice. Come on, just begin to worship him. Begin to worship. Lord, we worship you today. Hallelujah. 
We lift up our voices, God, in this sanctuary today. We believe, oh God, we have confidence. We have this hope in you. Lord, you are the anchor of our soul today. We cast our anchor upon you, Jesus. Oh, we call on the name of Jesus, our high priest, the greatest high priest of all. Oh, we thank you, Lord. There is no power that is too difficult. There is no circumstance that is too difficult for you. Hallelujah. Oh, we come against cancer in the name of Jesus Christ. We come against the crisis of life that would come in and press against our soul today. I come against the spirit of discouragement, God. The spirit of discouragement in the name of Jesus. We bind, Lord, every evil spirit that would come and undermine our faith. But we stand today on a firm place. Hallelujah. We stand on the living Word of God. And Your Word brings faith into our heart. And we believe. And we receive it today. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at newlifethefort.com.